Coming up tonight in the Ringside Report. Cody and Brandy Rhodes part ways with AEW. Brock Lesnar talks problems with today's wrestlers. Hikaru Shida says she's struggling to survive in AEW. Tamatonga signs a, or re-signs, should I say, with New Japan. AQA signs with AEW. Shane McMahon is apparently still working for WWE. Tony Khan wants Jorge Masvidal to wrestle in AEW. Two Impact Wrestling stars get engaged. WWE reportedly offers a contract to a top female free agent. NXT level up set to replace 205 Live. Vince McMahon is apparently happy with the current product. And Stone Cold Steve Austin is set for an in-ring at WrestleMania 30. Anthony, when is all that coming up? It's all coming up right fucking now. Yes, it is. Let's kick things off with perhaps the biggest breaking news of yesterday. Cody Rhodes. It's big and it's broken. Cody, Cody Rhodes. Um, And Brandy Rhodes. Um... I've left AEW, Anthony. They're gone. Gone? Yesterday's news? Gone. Um, So obviously, Cody put a statement up um, on his Instagram, uh, because he didn't have his Twitter. I think he's since uh, got it back. Basically, just announcing that uh, he has decided to part ways with the company. Obviously, thanked a lot of people in there for his time. Um... You know, it was reported that he's been working as somewhat of a free agent over the past kind of few months or so, um, where a lot of people felt that it could potentially be a work. Um, but in actual fact... <laughs> well, exactly. Um, but no, but by all accounts, um, yeah, he and Bo- him and Brandy are both gone from the company. Obviously... Tony Khan put a statement out as well, just thanking the pair of them for their time and efforts, um, obviously, in the past three years or so that they've been with the company. So, yeah, shocking news all around, Anthony. What did you make of it? Mm. That whole spin of them signing the with the, the former EVP of AEW uh, is going to be quite a. I don't, I don't know if damaging is the right word, but it's not going to be a good thing for AEW. It's going to almost be a little bit of bad. Something that certainly the, the people who love WWE regardless and just want to hate AEW are going to use like a fucking weapon. Uh, the amount of fucking talk they're going to get about like, oh, AEW's dying, look, Cody's jump shit and all that kind of bollocks. Yeah, I mean, that's bound to happen, isn't it? I think there's yeah. going to be a subset of fans who will use this as fuel, you know, on the, the fire for why they hate AEW, why it's never going to be WWE, etc., etc. But it's, it's, a big, it's going to be an interesting decision if he decides to go back. Now, by all accounts... Obviously, Cody was instrumental in starting AEW in the first place, but mm-hmm. um, obviously Tony Khan has taken more and more control over the three years. That he- being with the company to the point where I don't believe Cody has got as much say as he once had in terms of his booking and uh, that kind of thing. So that might have explained his exit. But if he goes to WWE, I don't think he's going to have a say there either. 
So this is the interesting thing for me. Like people are dead set that he's going to WWE, but he's he's loved the freedom, and you, you can't exactly go. You go there from. Don't be wrong. They'd probably offer him a good amount of money, but Cody has made it very clear over the years he doesn't really need the money. Right, him leaving AEW doesn't mean he's going to give up on the, the shows he's got, like the roads to the top, and um, the like aren't necessarily just suddenly going to stop. He's probably going to carry on with them shows there, the, you know, network TV shows and nothing to do with AEW in a lot of senses. So you go, well, you know, he's still making money. Does he need? He won't need the money from WWE. I think he'd sooner have the freedom. So it'd be interesting to see what he does next. Um, but don't be wrong. Like from a, a fan point of view, it'd be like. I mentioned this to you jokingly, like if if Cody come back to like have a match with Seth, who's just won the title from Bobby Lashley, I'm there for that. That's fucking yeah. awesome. Um, but from a like Cody's own satisfaction point of view, will he come back to a company that is going to restrict him as much as WWE do? I'd be interested to see. It really will. I've also um, I, I'm interested to know what you think on. There's been suggestions that him and Tony Khan weren't getting along as of late. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them were saying, like, basically that Tony weren't overly keen on, like, I don't know how it worked in terms of contractually or their relationship, but it seems Cody had a lot of control over his particular storylines. And Tony weren't keen on, obviously, Cody, for some reason, the last year or so, seemed a bit toned up with the storylines in the sense of, like, it comes in as the savior. And I honestly was convinced it was a work to eventually turn heel. I don't know. But, um, it seems that like the suggestion is that maybe Tony Khan weren't too happy with the fact that he's still drawing numbers because Cody's a big deal, but his storylines weren't exactly working. Yeah, you know? maybe. I think, um, yeah, it's a proper random one. I think a lot of people had speculated he had a bit of a falling out with the other EVPs, so obviously Omega and the Bucks and things like that. So, yeah, maybe there's more to it than meets the eye, but essentially maybe Tony Khan just felt that you know, he's, he signed the likes of uh, CM Punk and Danielson and people like that. And at the end of the day, while he's got a hell of a lot of uh, Wonga, um, you know, I imagine Cody Rhodes leaving does free up quite a bit of space um, in terms I mean, of funds. This is so. some of the thing, isn't it? Like, they've gone into a contract negotiation. So, uh, you know, some of it, and I'm not saying it'll have all been about the money, but it will have been about money on some level. And, you know, I think that might have been the bottom line, in all fairness, that you know Tony's not willing to pay what Cody thinks he's worth. Maybe, uh, but I think... Um, it's a difficult sticking point, because I'm not saying Cody doesn't deserve the money, but at the same time, you know, Tony's probably looking at his return presently, and there isn't much of one. No. All due respect to Cody, he's a legend, but... A lot of um, a lot of his storylines have, as, you know, as you've said, have felt a bit kind of, um, you know, tone-deaf at times. Um in terms of how it's actually been portrayed to the point that we did believe that it was definitely all the work for, for him to be turning heel, but maybe they just weren't, do you know what I mean? Or I, well, it's like, I, I joked with you um, again the other day when, when the news broke, saying like this is just like a, a larger scale equivalent of him leaving his boots in the ring. <laughs> well, yeah. And that is just an example of some of the, like what, what was the whole Malachi Black storyline ultimately? I lost Who someone to quit, but he didn't let me quit, so now I'm staying. I was like, yeah. what, what was that? What was that? Yeah, that's hey ho, hey ho indeed. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting if he does end up rocking up and doing a degree. Um, you know, will it will he be there in Saudi uh, for the for the big shock uh, um, to get a Saudi payday if he can, or do you think he'll I mean, be at WrestleMania? Or maybe, and I know that you know it's it's a lot of wild speculation, isn't there? But a lot of people do seem to you know be dead set that he's going to do a degree. But maybe he just wants to have a bit of time being a dad. That's the thing. Like this would be the funny. Thing. Like everyone's like, oh, he's not under a non-compete. He could appear anywhere, anytime. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's got a new kid. Actually, like maybe it is just going to be a case of like you just don't see him anywhere for a little bit. Yeah, like I think I think sometimes people just actually forget that people actually have lives and uh, yeah. and again, you know, he doesn't really need the money. Well, living exactly. quite a, a quite a blessed life, isn't he? It's not what's more important at the end of the day. Exactly. I know it's tempting when uh, they're like. We're going to keep writing zeros till you say yes. You know, sometimes <laughs> it's hard to say no. But um, I just, I don't know. I, I can't see him rocking up in WWE that soon. No. And I'm I think if he does as well. It's probably out of the realms of possibility, but I just don't think it's going to be as soon as people want it to be. Like, I can't imagine them cutting him a different deal to what the others have got. So, and I know people just say, well, contracts mean nothing to do anyway because they'll just release you or whatever. But um, I imagine they'd have to sign him to something and it could be another... Um, 
could be another Ali situation where you bring him in, get him on NXT, and basically have him job out to everybody to prove that NXT is better than AEW, and then he's stuck at it. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, honestly, it's... I think I think the way they would get Cody and get Cody soon would be one of these like limited Goldberg type deals where it's like here's a shit ton of money for like four appearances, mm. like spread out. And like, and then you'll get like a Saudi appearance and a Mania appearance and so on like that. And it's not going to be anything like here you are week in week out. No. I think that's probably the way they'll get him because then he, like you say, he doesn't have to commit and he can still consider his family. He's still making bank and he's getting high profile matches. Yeah. Whether WWE do something like that, I don't know, but I think that'd be the way to get him. I mean, there's a there is a significant story to be told by Cody and. He's an excellent promo. We've seen some of the heartfelt promos he's cut in AW. I, I still love you know that one um, that he cut early on in, in AW where he was getting emotional and stuff like that. That's that's a fantastic promo. Imagine him being back in WWE. Um, his emotions taking over. I think it it could be in line for some fantastic promo work. But yeah, it could be you know something like WWE that. WWE have had shocking amount of luck, like referencing stuff they've done wrong in the past. Mm. and getting it right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, some of the better storylines that have come out have been them referencing shit that they fucking fucked up. Yeah. Like, a la Roman Reigns. Right? So, even if they, they brought Cody back and they let Cody loose with a bit of uh, bit of work on the fact of, like, all, all the stuff he hated doing with Stardust and stuff like that, you know, let him talk about the company and about what he fucking hated, and he'll probably get over anyway as a story. Yeah. Come in, come in as a heel. Fuck it. It's fine. Well, I mean, the thing is, if he comes in and starts shitting all over the things like Stardust and that, he'll he'll become a babyface because. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but there is, um, I think, it's difficult though. If, if he, if what I'm hoping, sort of hoping, comes true, and he he goes up against Seth, Seth plays the better heel, doesn't it? So he probably has to be the babyface. But are people gonna want to root for the WWE guy initially? I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. But um, it's not out of the realms of possibility either that he's gonna have some time off. And this has been a big work, and it's probably the like this would be them playing the press sort of shocking if it is, but because they've issued statements and everything. But if he has some time off and then re-signs with AEW, and they always knew they were going to do that, that's um, that it's not out of the realm of possibility. Some people are still speculating that that might be the case. True, very true. Um, so yeah, absolute crazy one, and um, I don't think yeah anyone expected this, and it's going to be fascinating to see where it goes. Uh, well, it looks like it's going to be the the roads less travelled. <laughs> Funny guy. Uh, I'm here all week. So the next one, Carl. I'm very interested to see what your your take is on this, right? Because I, I don't know where Brock's coming from on some level. So so Brock Lesnar has spoken out recently uh, on the problem with today's wrestlers, Carl. So he appeared on the Pat McAfee show. That's right, Pat McAfee has a show. Um, and he was talking about when he was coming up in the WWE locker room. Um, and what he perceives the, the younger WWE talent needs to do and the fact that they need to step up. So one of the quotes I'll give you, he says, it's, it's just kind of weird how the whole, the revolutionary door, you know, Lesnar said. Because when I first came up, it was like, you know, The Undertaker and Steve Austin and I could go on with the guys, but now I'm the old bastard walking down the halls. He says, I'm looking at these young kids and I don't know. Someone needs to step up. That means get over, figure out how to fucking put asses in seats, not worry about your next high spots, figure out how the hell I can be different, like how can I make money that is, oh that's it, sorry that's the business, right And but he actually goes on, and this is where I'm like this is a bit of an odd take from him he says, the young generation thinks that if you get you go out there and you do a certain move and do it over and over you know, but that's not the business he said there's a good guy and a bad guy and he refer, reference to, I'll paraphrase to make it a bit quicker, reference to Holyfield and Tyson um, and he says, like, basically, again, to paraphrase, that the likes, the reason him and Roman Reigns works at the minute is because you've got the good guy, bad guy sort of situation. There's a story to be told there. And there's a couple of bits that I'm intrigued with. Or I, I want to sort of get your thoughts on, Carl, because essentially he's saying that, you know, people aren't stepping up like it's a big option in WWE. <laughs> um, yeah. And he's like, they're just interested in doing high spots and they just come out and do it. And I'm like, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, the guy who comes out and does suplexes and F5s is talking about coming out and doing your move over and over is a bit fucking rich, right? And I'm not totally blasting Lesnar because he's right. You know, the best stuff Lesnar's doing at the minute is because of a storyline where Roman Reigns is doing most of the fucking legwork, although this has been the best I've seen Lesnar in a long time. 
But before this, the Lesnar just rocked up for the last, what, five years, hit his moves, won the title and fucked off. Like, wasn't an entertaining Lesnar. So it's a bit rich that he's coming at them, to be honest with you. Um, and the other bit I'm interested to, to get your thoughts on, Carl, so I'll, I'll give this little bit of a rant as well. He's talking about, like, oh, they need to step up and I'm the old bastard walking around the halls now. It's like, do you not think some of the issue, Brock, is the fact that when you started, when you were coming up, and you very specifically referenced it here, you had The Undertaker and Steve Austin and Kurt Angle and The Rock and loads of people to help get you the fuck over. Um, like, I mean, might have had... now, Brock. Yeah, it might have had to, uh, you know, might have helped in some way, might not it? Um... I think, obviously, there's a lot of different questions there, but ultimately, the business has changed a lot since Brock was coming up as well. Like, we don't have any stars anymore, whereas, you know, the the plethora of names that he mentioned then in, in that locker room, he could, you know, learn from all of them, and, and as you said, they could they were all big enough to help elevate him. The problem is yeah. now, there's hardly any big stars, and everybody is very generic. So the thing where he's talking about, you know, Tyson and Holyfield and having, like, these larger-than-life gimmicks and stuff like that, everybody's just fucking, you know, John Smith or, you know, like, there's nothing about anyone anymore, do you know what I mean? You haven't got an, an Undertaker or a The Rock or, you know what I mean? Like, everyone's just like, oh, I'm this guy. <laughs> to me, this is as bad a take as when, and I, I love The Undertaker when I say this, so you know I'm not trying to come at The Undertaker for this. When The Undertaker was doing a few podcasts and he said about, like, Basically, that the, insinuating the locker rooms all week now because they sit playing video games instead of like throwing dice <laughs> against the wall like he did back in the day or whatever, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's just a sign of the times that old man taker. Um, yeah. And it, it to me it's a similar similar take to this where it's like I don't I, I I don't agree with Brock's comments on this if I'm honest I think it's a bad take from Brock because yeah again for me Brock referencing the people who helped him come up just really highlights the fact that. Like and I, I don't mean this. I'm, I'm not trying to sound massively disrespectful to him because I'll I'll mention him really well. But what's Brock doing for the younger talent to help get them over? Yeah. He's working with Roman Reigns, who's already over and already well established. Who's he building up? Who's coming up now that he's helping elevate? Yeah, the same way he got help. A big problem now, WWE as well, is everything is so heavily scripted and written to the point mm-hmm. where you know it's a very it's a lot more difficult now for someone to go. Well, do you know what? I'm going to go out there and you know, try and make this name for myself and stuff because you can't. That's a funny thing, like, because he (laughs) mentions about doing these, like, high spots, but that's pretty much the only expression they've got in WWE because everything's scripted. The only way they can express themselves is to do some sort of cool high spot move. Yeah, and I think, again, that's kind of, you know, old school kind of our flippy shit rhetoric, isn't it? At the end of the day, back, back when wrestling was at its peak, you had the likes of, you know, your Bret Hart and that getting over not just for their character, but because they were fantastic in the ring. So yeah. being you know, being able to go in the ring is still a fundamental part of being a good wrestler, funnily enough, even though yeah. it's not wrestling, it's sports entertainment, right? Um, but you need to kind of actually have a clue how to wrestle. But yeah. it is, it's a blend, isn't it? It, it has to be. You, you have yeah. to be good in the ring, but be able to draw money. So he's right in, in one essence of what he's saying. It's However, a lot harder for them to do that. I think there's one oversight when he's made these comments. There's one oversight he's given, and it's something he was involved in. And this is where I'm not totally knocking him, right? Drew McIntyre hmm. has the makings of a star, was being propelled like a star, and Brock was instrumental in putting him over. Yeah. That that was executed exactly as it should be. Yeah, agreed. So they can do it and have done it. Like they've kind of fucked it up at the minute because he's not over and he's stuck in a never in the feud with Happy Corbin. But the point was they elevated him in the right way at the time. So yeah. they, they, they built a star there and just didn't capitalise on it. And all right, some of that was down to the pandemic. But I just don't get how Brock, like Brock's referred to, it's like they just don't build stars and, and you know, the, the, someone needs to step up. It's like, you were there when Drew stepped up. Yeah. But you I think, to- again, that's another classic example of the writers fucking, fucking shit up. Like, you've had Drew McIntyre who, you know, had that um, like awesome show in the Rumble, you know, Brock put him over, this megastar, literally, you know, a matter he had, of... He had the fans, he had, he had it, it was done, it was sewn up. But, you know, that that can't be it, can it? So then he had to come out with a sword and have it called Angela and, you know, all this other shit and have, like, fucking the Claymore count that and just ruined him. Um, so it's, it's yeah, they just can't help themselves, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, if the writers would just give, give them, you know, the chance to... 
to shoot for it and potentially fail. You know what I mean? Then fair dues. But at the minute, they just don't get that shot. It's you You say what's written and you like it. Yeah. So how can they get well, over it? Well, you're tall, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, interesting take totally from, from Brock on that one. Yeah. As I say, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get where he's coming from with it. I really don't. Yeah. Weird. Um, someone else who's been um, saying some interesting things at the minute is the one and only Hikaru Shida. So obviously she's gone back to Japan um, for a bit now. Uh, but basically, she's done a interview um, on some sites called BBM Mobile. And essentially, um, she said that the hurdle for Japanese uh, women to come to AEW has become much higher to kind of get over. Um, obviously, mainly due to the kind of um, corona uh, situation. But also because the women's division itself has been growing and, and, and things like that. She basically ended up saying um, that even she is struggling to survive in the current AEW. So she said um, it's become more of a handicap in terms of language barrier, obtaining a work visa and the corona disaster. I myself am no exception to this. Even as a member of AEW since its inception and a former women's champion, I am struggling to survive in the current AEW. Um she goes on to mention what a lot of people have mentioned about AEW in the sense that there's you know a, a high degree of freedom um, for for people to kind of say their own thing and kind of you know do their own kind of angles almost. But um, yeah, obviously she's saying that it's it's become significantly more difficult. And then it goes on to reference um, Emi Sakura, who came over from Japan recently as well, um, and saying that because it's very much kind of you do your own thing in AEW, they didn't even help her kind of with getting a house. Um, and things like that like she had to kind of sort all that out herself um, right. and unfortunately she spent a lot of her time not even on the main shows but more in like dark and the like so um, interesting take I think from, from Sheila and again it's like you know, almost the, the downside to the freedom I suppose isn't it because mm. um, it for a lot of people it works and it's great but you know I didn't even realise that that there's like elements that like you know, they're there in a, in a country they're not familiar with, with a language they're familiar with, and they're having to sort of when it comes to accommodation and that's like, it's not great, like, is it? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, a very interesting take, and obviously for her, as a former women's champion, to be kind of, like, worried about her survival with the company as well, kind of says a lot, I guess, both about... I mean, that kind of thing always happens when you bring in significantly more talent, because, you know, it becomes much more competitive, doesn't it? There's, there's less opportunity to shine. But, um, yeah, interesting that she's kind of uh, almost worried for herself. Yeah, indeed. But hopefully, I mean, it's a very honest take, but hopefully, because uh, I think she's fantastic in AEW, so hopefully it's not like a, a sign of, like, um, you know, potential, like, contracts ending or anything like that, to no. be honest. It better like, not, uh, because we need to get uh, Serena Deeb versus Akara Shida 3. That's what damn we right. Need. Damn right what we, we do. need. Yeah, so... Yeah, hopefully it all works out. But yeah, it's 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 a bit of a shame, like some of the stuff you learn, really, isn't it? Hmm. And you know, this is us. We're being fair. You know, AEW is not perfect, and uh, it's only only fair acknowledging those elements, isn't it? True that. True that. Speaking of AEW not being perfect, Carl, there's there's a massive fucking baldy drop. It's the next one, right? <laughs> That's right. It's my monthly mention of Tamatonga. Mm-hmm. So Tamatonga, Carl, has recently um, stirred up some speculation. Um, he pointed out that he was a free agent and has been since January the 30th so this was in a tweet recently he has now has now since confirmed that he has re-signed with New Japan Pro Wrestling so alongside this he's, he's been clear he says uh, it's true I was a free agent January the 30th I'm now officially signed with New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling but uh, obviously he's made some appearances in Pact quite recently he's set to actually Challenged the Good Brothers um, as part of the Gorillas of Destiny with Tangaloa. Um, and I believe it's on the 19th of February on um, Fight TV's Impact Plus. I, want to say. I don't know what they call the shows anymore. So, obviously, he's part of the Bullet Club. He's part of the Gorillas of Destiny, involved with Jay White, who's also appearing at Impact. Jay White's appeared in AEW. So the question tends to crop up, you know, I, you know, what's happened? Would you appear in AEW, etc., etc.? Um and he's actually made clear that um, he never, like when AEW were coming up, 
he's he was never actually asked. Mm. Um, very sadly, um, and he's sort of he's not. He doesn't sound particularly against it, but people are obviously referring back to um, like he. I think this is this is where I always expect like a accident to happen. So obviously, um, he, he made clear that he was never actually offered the opportunity to jump to AEW, but um, he did previously sort of make headlines, let's say, when um, when the Forbidden Door was open between Impact and AEW and the Good Brothers uh, sort of were back with Kenny, Omega and the Young Bucks. Um, you might recall tweets from uh, Tonga at that point where he, he was calling them bootleg club. <laughs> yeah. you know? But to me, that's like, that's playful and that suggests that could we have like the current Bullet Club versus the Elite? And I'm like, I'm there for that. I want that to happen. And you kind of get teasers like that all the fucking time. And I'm still, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'll do it again where you go, oh, it's where impact. And there's no fucking reason, especially when we see Jay White on a this week. There's no reason that he can't appear and we can't have these sort of payoffs where, you know, we get the elite going up um, the, the Grillers of Destiny and stuff like that. It's, oh, um, it's all well within the realm of possibility. And again, I don't even want this guy in AEW. I want him in WWE. I've said this so many times, Carl. Like I, I'm, a, I'm got to the side with New Japan because it's less and less likely now that he's going to go up against Roman Reigns, and that's what I want. I want him to be a guy who toppled the tribal Dammy. Mm, maybe, maybe one day. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. He, he's, you know, currently he's in Impact um, quite a bit at the minute as well, and they are kind of doing a little bit of, uh, you know, a few bits and bobs with the Good Brothers at the minute. So. Who knows? Maybe that work's already starting to happen to make that well, AEW. Be interested. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Brothers of Destiny actually take the win and win the belts. You know. Yeah, could happen. Um, obviously, they are big uh, advocates of letting people who don't primarily work in their company be their champions, which we've seen quite a lot. Um, so. WWE, as much as it was quite fleeting and we're fans of Mickey James, so we wanted more of it. But people that uh, knockout champion in WWE, so instantly like their belt and their name has been seen there. You know, we're getting the likes of um well Christian was the the Impact World Champion for a bit, so we got to see that in AEW and Impact. We're getting to see like possibly over in Japan, depending on what happens here, do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, it's not a bad move because it just it puts their profile out there it's advertising isn't it yeah exactly um, you might as well have a big massive W on their belts you know what I mean <laughs> uh, marketing yeah but so, no, I'm, I'm like I made up be signed with New Japan that's where he's done his best work and we're still getting to see this what he's doing with Impact and I, I, he's fucking awesome and um, it's just a shame that we're, so far we haven't got an AEW connection and we haven't had a connection and I want something I want something Carl maybe one day it obviously feed me more <laughs> I mean it happened with AJ Styles so maybe maybe after Roman versus Brock this year and after Roman versus Brock next year we finally get Roman versus Tamatonga who knows who knows um Same, Carl. <laughs> we can so the next one to talk about so even though AEW didn't get Tamatonga who they did get is AQA so, she had a match with um, Jade Cargill for the yeah, TBS yeah. Championship and put on a pretty fantastic show, if I do say so uh, myself. But obviously, you may know her uh, from her time in NXT as uh, Zayda Ramirez, uh, but is now going, um, obviously going on as kind of AQA. But clearly, Tony Khan was impressed enough as well, since uh, she's been given the All Elite treatment, so... The graphic is now being up, and Tony Khan said she is a shooting star, and now she is all elite. Um, AQA responded by saying, my heart is so full. Um, thank you, Tony Khan. Thank you, everyone at AEW. I'm glad to be all elite. So, made up. Obviously, um, she's tra trained yeah. by Booker T, who hasn't always been the most complimentary of AEW. So that's an AEW weren't shy about mentioning Booker T when she was uh, having a match against Cargill, so... It's nice to know that they're not going to ignore that because obviously that's been a big part of uh, training, hasn't it? You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, but no, it's nice to. Um, she adds a different dimension to that women's division. I think um, 
in terms of their kind of high flying capabilities and stuff like that. Like you've got a lot of people who can do moon salts and shit. Don't get me wrong, but you know, shooting star presses and all kind of crazy things that she's she's pulling out and that she's got in her locker um, will add something else. Do you know what I mean? Something a bit different and creates quite a lot of um, new opportunities for her. Uh, you know, to go up against some interesting kind of opposition. So. Yeah, big acquisition, I would say. Interesting to see what she does on the uh, women's women's roster in, in AW. Indeed, indeed, yeah. Looking forward to it, man. Yeah, it certainly was a, a really good match between the two, so um, it seems to have a lot of promise. A lot of promise. So my next one, Carl, my next one. Um, just a quick sort of speculative one, I suppose. Um, so obviously, quite recently, there was a, a lot of heat, I suppose, on Shane McMahon. Uh, get taking the blame for the way the rumble went down, and then there was suggestion that he's like he's basically been, you know, future endeavoured by his own dad and all that kind of stuff. And we were to believe that he's not involved with the WWE at this point. Uh, but there's been a tweet gone out recently that would suggest that he is still very much involved with the WWE, uh, but maybe not necessarily in that sort of creative capacity. Uh, and this has come from a a tweet from. Uh, let me find his name, Marco Massotti, who, if you don't know the name, Carl, he is um, he, the owner of the South Africa's Sharks rugby team. Um, and he put out a tweet basically saying that it was a, a great night out with uh, Shane McMahon. And uh, Doug, apologies if I'm butchering the surname, uh, Sifu, the, the co-owner of the Florida Panthers, um, and basically said that he's excited for a partnership between WWE and rugby. So if Ooh. Shane is meeting with these people, having nights out with these people, and they're excited for partnerships with WWE, it would suggest he's heavily involved in set, uh, you know, setting these partnerships up or setting these relationships up. So, um, you know, despite the speculation, he's not done with WWE by the looks of it. He's just working in a different capacity, maybe. See, it's an interesting one, that, isn't it? Everybody, you know, all the news outlets were basically saying that he's he's gone. Who knows what this could mean, you know, for wrestling as a whole and all this kind of stuff and then news comes out mere you know weeks later that he's still doing some kind of business for them so who knows who it just knows makes what? sense <laughs> in a way like when you look at it logically you go yeah it makes sense if you weren't happy with the the booking decisions he made for the rumble yeah you don't sack him do you, you just move him on to something else so well, he's dealing yeah. with partnership deals now you know you, why would you get rid of him there's plenty of um, areas that he could be really strong at as well well, exactly. Like, um, I would have thought you'd keep him way the fuck away from creative after Raw Underground, to be honest with you, but whatever. <laughs> God, do you remember that? Jesus Christ. Oh, um, um, although, to be fair, you know, we went from Dabakato to Commander Aziz, so I'm not sure which one was worse. Um, but hey. Yeah, <laughs> so the more you know, Shane McMahon, potentially still with WWE then. So, um, the, the more you know. The plot thickens. Um, so the next one to talk about, and this, again, speaking of uh, plots thickening. So. Tony Khan has basically said that he still believes that Jorge Masvidal um, could actually show up in AEW. Um, so you may remember a lot of the stuff within a circle versus American Top Team. We had a bit of a showdown between Masvidal and Jericho. Um, obviously, yep. you know, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olovsky, a lot of American Top Team guys were all there. Um, but obviously, Jorge didn't actually end up having a match it was teased very heavily that he might do something with Jericho but it just never seemed to come to fruition but Tony Khan basically has said that you know it's still a possibility um, and he's certainly open to doing something after his next fight um, which basically comes up pretty soon but interestingly off the back of this it also says in this article obviously that you know Paige Van Zandt has been doing a lot of work for the company as well who was recently doing that work with Brandy who was no longer there so, yeah, that, so, a lot of people have pointed that out, that like because of the way Brandy and Cody have suddenly gone, they've literally just had um, Brandy get sort of trash-talked one week, and now she doesn't work for the company. It's like, what yeah. a weird place to end that. That's so bizarre, isn't it? But, like, yeah. what happens with Paige Van Zandt now? You've got a really marketable, you know, fighter who's clearly capable of making the transition <laughs> over. Um, Wonder Rosa. Well, yeah, but she's got something with Mercedes Martinez, doesn't she? So. she? She can do both. It's fine. It's on the road, I forgot to say. <laughs> Put her everywhere. Um, but, yeah, um, who knows? Uh, but, yeah, I, I personally 
I'm a big fan of Masvidal. I think he's a fantastic fighter. Um, obviously, inc- that incredible knockout of Ben Askren um, won the BMF title in um, UFC as well. So clearly a bad dude. Um, he could definitely do something to bring it's a lot of eyeballs. Title for, man. Um, yeah, it certainly is. So um, yeah, who knows? But I would like to see it, of course. But yeah, I'm not too sure how they would do that now since the it seems to have um, died down a bit, really. So we'll mm. see. Indeed, a shame. Mm. But let's see what happens. Uh, next one, Carl. Uh, honestly, nice quick one, really. Just more of a congratulations all round, really. And that is, um, the, obviously, the news was two Impact stars. I'll, I'll not keep you in suspense any longer, Carl. Uh, Diana Perrazzo and Steve Macklin are now officially engaged. Uh, this was broke by Diana on her Twitter, in which she put up a picture of the two of them with the caption, Look at my fiancé. So um, just a massive congratulations to the pair of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had no idea. Honestly, didn't even know that they were together. What 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 was his name in um, WWE? The Forgotten Sons fella, isn't he? Steve McQuinn. He's in uh, Impact now, isn't he? Um, yeah, I can't. I can't remember his Forgotten Sons name. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, me neither. Uh, um, let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. Because just wait. I'm a, I'm, wait while I'm, we I'm Google like this. I'm, um, I, I, I do these things. But yeah. Big um, big news for them, obviously, though. So, uh, yeah, massive congratulations. You know, Parazzo's been absolutely killing it as well across, um, you know, Impact, NWA, everywhere, really. So, um, yeah. I'm going to act like this was seamless, Carl. Yeah, it, the former Steve Cutler, obviously. Oh, of course, um, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I knew that the whole time. I was just keeping that guy. on messing you, you know. Um, but, yeah, so big congrats uh, to the pair of them um, on their engagement. Indeed. Indeed. So, the next one to talk about. So, WWE has apparently offered a contract to former Ring of Honor World Champion, Roxy. Now, obviously, she is a fantastic um, in-ring worker. Um, Obviously, was a bit of an indie darling. You know, everybody um, was kind of big fans of her in Ring of Honor. Um, And with the stuff they're going through at the moment, uh, she's now a free agent. But... um, yeah, apparently uh, she was at the Performance Centre tryout in December um, and impressed so much that they have offered her a kind of full contract. So, um, interesting one, uh, because it Indeed. kind of goes away from the hiring policy at the moment, doesn't it, of um, no indie wrestlers and kind of going after athletes yeah, from other Yeah, it suggests that, like, that, that isn't like a... Like it's it's a general rule, but not one that they're not willing to break for the right people. You know? Exactly, so it's, uh, um, it's very interesting one. Yeah, I'm surprised. Obviously, the AEW didn't come in for her, or maybe they did, and she just didn't want to go there. But um, yeah, I think yeah. it'd be a bit a really big acquisition for them if uh, they get her. I think, yeah, by all accounts, she's an absolute star. So watch Indeed. this space. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what she does and um, whether she's going to be in NXT or coming straight to the main roster. Let's see. Mm. Let's see what happens. Speaking of NXT, Carl, that's right. Fucking segues for days, man. <laughs> right? Um, they've very recently filed a trademark for NXT Level Up. And I say very recently, February 9th, if you're curious. Um, now, the speculation, and this is speculation at this point, is that NXT's Level Up, which has been, um, it's been patented as a, uh, or registered, should I say, as the, a show about professional wrestling, a production and exhibition of professional wrestling. So it's, it's um, very specifically, or it, it words it very much like it's going to be a, a show rather than anything else. And um, the belief is that this is going to be the replacement for 205 Live. Mm. So just a more of a point of curiosity. Um, what do you make of the name and do you think it is going to replace 205 Live? Well, I'm not too sure whether that's being confirmed now or not. I'm not sure, but I know they've heard the first promo for it. I think they're filming the first episode. Uh, uh, <coughs> well, yeah, you're ahead of me there, Carl. You're ahead of me. <laughs> Just absolutely choked on today. Um, I think they're filming the first episode after SmackDown this week. Um, so I think they've got a logo and stuff now as well. So it is going to be an NXT-branded show. But I'm not 100% sure whether it is, in fact, replacing 205 Live. But um, it probably would make sense. But I'm not too sure what the premise is for it. So obviously if it's level up, is that like an NXT second show now? Um, is that the I developmental mean, for the developmental? Like the developmental, <laughs> developmental. Well, I don't know, because NXT since 2.0 it has felt more developmental than it ever has. Yeah. Um, and I felt like they were trying to get back to that roots of being a developmental brand. 
rather than trying to be the the black and gold brand that they were. You know, this whole like we're just as good separate thing. Mm. Um, so I don't know because to have like a developmental for the developmental just feels a bit on top to me. Yeah, definitely odd. Um, but yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. I guess. Yeah, um, let's see what it becomes. Yeah. Either way, second show for NXT. So let's see whether it's the same, uh, same people or whether it's the lesser featured who are going to show up on there. Yeah, lesser known guys. Yeah. Mm. Well, so we've got um, a ton of new signings, haven't we? On the um, what was that called again? Where they signed a lot of younger talent. They had a name for it, didn't they? Oh yeah, can't remember what it was. But yeah, they did. Yeah, they did we're good it. at this. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, so it so might yeah. be, it might be something to use for the ones that you've not long signed, who are like like you say the very green, so like a developmental for the developmental, like you say. So we might be seeing um, the likes of uh, the Rock's daughter, for instance, who we've not seen yet. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Indeed. Um, so the next one to talk about Vincent Kennedy McMahon, um, according to PW Insider. Um, Basically, it's been quoted as saying that. What was it quoted as saying? Um, we are told um, he pushes and presents what he likes uh, and wants nothing else. And w- oh, what he likes and wants, and nothing else makes a dent in that vision. That's why the shows are presented the way they are, and that's why nothing is going to change anytime soon, if um, if ever. He said uh, WWE doesn't fix their problems because Vince doesn't think there's anything to fix. In his mind, he doesn't think anything is wrong. Um, now, this seems very much a speculative thing to say, doesn't it? Let's be honest. Um, I think since this report came out, I'm not sure who it was, um, somebody took to Twitter and basically, I think it was a former writer, it might have been Brian Gerwitz, who basically said, um, okay, this can't be true because Vince is never happy with anything um, I know from being in the writer's room, like blah, blah, blah. Um, so... Yeah, who knows? It's very much PW Insider going, oh, yeah, he's but, happy. And someone else going, nah, Honestly, though, not. like, there's being happy and there's, like, not being willing to change anything. And I think they're two different things with Vince because he might be very happy with where the product is at the minute. They're making money and they've got some strong storylines in, in the Brock Roman stuff and so on. Um, but Vince is constantly changing things and dropping storylines and ripping up scripts. We, we hear about that so much that, you know, you can't go, He's not, you know, he's not looking to change anything because there's nothing to change or anything like that. Because he's, like, I think, um, as the former writer said, he's never happy with anything, and that's that's probably more accurate. Like, he could be happy with where WWE is at the minute, which is a different statement. Um, but that's not to say that he's not willing to to sort of change things. Like, I think he can still spot if a storyline's not working. I think, sadly, we don't get a lot of storylines that work, but. We've seen them just abandon stuff that even like look at like again retribution wasn't working. To be fair, they dropped it. You know what I mean? Like the, he's not totally toned like <coughs> as much as we moan. He's not totally unaware that he just keeps things running forever, um, which is the sort of the way that kind of suggests, doesn't it? It's like he's happy, he's fine with it. You know, not a problem. Um, I do think he is reactive. It's just sometimes maybe uh, like what he what he thinks is something for the crowd isn't something that the, the crowd love. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would I would argue that he's more out of touch than anything. But uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, like yeah. At the end of the day, he's um, it's probably just taken out of context. If, if whatever this guy's heard, he's probably more along the lines of he's happy with all the money that it's making um, and the fact that it's, it's it's profitable and yada yada yada. As opposed to or like, just generally that he was quite happy that day. So. Maybe <laughs> he did. He, he only t- he only tore the script up twelve times, which was a record low. Oh. So he must have been in a good mood. The um the overheard him referring to Happy Corbin and misheard him and quoted that. <laughs> ah, that explains why the other week he was a bit of a madcap. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that time he boogged. Boogied? <laughs> I don't know. There's something there. There's something there. <laughs> took the good one. <laughs> anyway, um so the last one, Carl, the next one. And again, somewhat speculative really um, we very recently had a report from Frightful Select uh, in which they note that WWE ha- are basically trying to and I say trying to because there's no confirmation from Austin or no real confirmation all around to be honest with you but uh, they're looking towards Austin uh, having a match having a match at Wrestlemania 38 so this would involve him coming out of retirement for the Wrestlemania in Texas which again you can kind of get that 
Um, but this would be his first match in almost 20 years, Carl. That makes you feel old. Makes me feel old. Um, that's um, a long time. So the, the belief is that WWE is hoping he'll come out of retirement um, and have a full-on match. But at the very least, they expect him to have some sort of physical role at WrestleMania. Um, mm-hmm. And this... You know, while we're talking about it, Carl, that that is the speculation. We've not had any confirmation on whether Austin's even interested in doing this. Um, but you've got to believe he's been involved with the company, and I don't think he'd have an issue with at least taking a bump or whatever. But is this something that's being hinted at already? Because we mentioned this earlier when on this week in wrestling. For those who haven't listened to it, go and listen to it now. We'll wait. <laughs> and um, there you go. That was your pause. I hope you listened. <laughs> um, but yeah, and obviously there's a are they hinting towards a which would be a a, a good poetry to it really of a Kevin Owens versus Austin at Mania? Um, obviously Kevin Owens Kevin Owens um, was gifted the stunner, let's say, mm. um, so adopted the stunner as his finisher. Obviously, um, in in a nod to Austin, so um, it just kind of feels almost poetic that they those two have you know. As WWE like to do with a lot of old timers, you know, we had we we hinted at spear versus spear. Let's get stunner versus stunner, shall we? <laughs> um, but first thing I ask is, do you think it's going to happen, and do you want to see it? Okay, so firstly, um, it's come from Fightful. Who, if, if it was Sean, um, Sean Ross Sapp, then I, you know, he's well connected. That dude. So I imagine it's definitely got something. Is, in it. To be fair to Fightful, they have been clear that. Like Austin, it's speculation, and Austin hasn't actually confirmed anything, or even if he's interested. So even okay. there, being quite clear that this is a, almost quite speculative. But yeah. one thing they seem resolute on is WWE's interest in doing so. Okay. Well, I think he's definitely going to be there in some capacity. At the end of the day, it's in Dallas. He's obviously from Texas. Um, you know, the crowd will go absolutely apeshit if the, if he's not there in some capacity. It's a massive miss. So right. I fully believe he'll be there. Um, I also can see something happening with Kevin Owens. So, in the promo we cut on Raw last week, Kevin Owens was very much like, oh, Texas love me or whatever. I believe, I've not seen it yet, but I believe the promo that he cut this week was that, you know, he hates Texas and Texas is a shithole and all this kind of stuff. So, obviously, he seems to be potentially leading to something. At the minute, he hasn't got any match or anything scheduled for WrestleMania. So, what, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. The... I think originally they were probably going to go down the Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins route. Um, that might not be the case now. But then, what does Seth do at WrestleMania if we do? You know, we get Kevin Owens versus Austin. He fights Cody Rhodes, doesn't he? Of course, yeah. That's uh, all connected now. Um, <laughs> but no, so it's it's one of them. I definitely, um, I think the minimum that we will see is that he will definitely hit somebody with a stunner, right? Whether I, or not I he has a full match, I believe it will be Kevin Owens. But yeah. Like you say, it's whether it's going to be a full match between the two or whether it's going to be... Do you remember that time The Rock was at WrestleMania, but he was there just to, like... Didn't he burn a sign down or something like that? <laughs> uh, so he was there, but he didn't really have a match, but he had, a, like, a segment and a bump with somebody. I feel was like it with it's going to be maybe a Re- bit like that. What was it with WrestleMania and burning signs? You know what I'm saying? Um, what do you do now? It's just what do you do? Um, yeah. Fire. I don't know. I didn't realise it had been 20 years. That is a long-ass time. I don't think he's been exactly keeping himself in ring shape. Um, obviously drinking a lot of his broken skull IPA, so um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. It's I'd, more of a more of a lukewarm Steve Austin at this point. <laughs> I'd I'd obviously I'd hate for him to come back and look awful, and that be the last we see of him. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think when we saw him in the pandemic times, and he kicked uh, Byron Saxton in the dick because he couldn't lift his leg high enough to get him in the gut. Um, that kind of showed us that he's probably not. Uh, it's kind of a ring though, rust. If you want. Are we sure that he just didn't want to kick Barry Saxon in the dick? <laughs> I mean, that's it's an it's a possibility. Played the like I oh, um, can't lift my leg card, but he just wants <laughs> to kick him in the dick. Maybe. Um, and that was a tough, tough. I I want to see him again because the last time I remember seeing Austin was that promo we did during the pandemic to an empty arena that just felt flat as fuck because yeah. Austin cannot cut a promo without an audience. Wasn't it? With, wasn't it? Otherwise, with, it's all. I go. What? What? Wasn't it with Beck? Wasn't it with Becky Lynch? And didn't she Becky hit him Ross with a stunner? Yeah, with, <laughs> yeah. She was there for some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I I would sooner personally we get not a full match. We get like a, a segment and because Austin rocking up, being badass, drinking a beer and hitting a stunner. 
will always be effective. It'll always work. He doesn't have, if he has a full match, you're gonna you're gonna realise there's ring rust there, you know. Yeah. And we don't we don't need, we just want a little bit of nostalgia pop at the end of the day. Well, exactly. At the end of the day, it's in Texas. Going, so we can't exactly do like one of these um, cinematic things that he did with John Cena, can we? So, well, gonna have to be. Uh, it's gonna have to be a, an actual in-ring performance of some sort. And uh, for me, I'm just like, you know, Stone this Owen, just in: Stone Cold be. versus Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania, yeah. in a cinematic match. Um, no, I, I mean, it's just another moment of bliss. For some reason. <laughs> Uh, still the best thing we've ever posted there where she's just <laughs> on top of Randy I love it. Um, no, he's definitely going to be there isn't he um, it's in Texas so you know the Texas Rattlesnake has to be there so I don't genuinely don't think that he'll have a match I'd be shocked if he does and if he does end up having one I just hope that it's not one that he looks back on and goes oh, I shouldn't have been in there um, at the end of the day he's got to look after his health and his legacy as well so if it happens obviously Kevin Owens is a fantastic dance partner to have and I'm sure he'll make him look as good as he can um, yeah, he's going yeah. to sell that one stunner that we get yeah but at the same time you know is he going to get paid much more to actually have a match versus just show up and at the end of the day as you said people just want to do a pop when he hits someone with a stunner and then that's it but again I'm going to keep writing zeros until you say yes right? <laughs> yes it's going to be three sixteen zero 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 zero. I would definitely insist on it being somewhere <laughs> A million percent. So yeah, that Anthony is all the news this week. Hell of a hell of a lot going on. You know, oh yeah. What timeline? What timeline are we in? Cody Rhodes potentially, you know, going back to WWE after quitting AEW. We've got Stone Cold like, Steve Austin feel, coming I back to the ring after twenty years. Bit, like offended here, Carl, because you made a good point there. I feel like AEW have took our what if concept and gone. Well, we'll fucking show you what if. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, we need to just retire that segment now because... What if Keith Lee turns up? What if Cody goes back to WWE? What yeah. if Jericho hints at having another match with Kevin Owens? Like, fuck you guys. This was our thing. I know. <laughs> can't believe it. Um, yeah, hell of a lot of stuff going on. Very exciting times. I mean, it's always exciting on the run-up to WrestleMania anyway, but when you've got all this stuff going on as well, um, yeah, very interesting times indeed. But Indeed. That was another fun-filled ringside report. If you haven't it checked was- it out already... I mean, we did give you, you know, sufficient amount of time there to go and check out This Week in Wrestling, but we gave our thoughts on what's happened across the board, and we're about to talk about Elimination Chamber, giving our predictions for what we expect to go down at the premium live event. Um, Saudi premium live event. The Saudi premium live event. And as much as some people have their issues with the whole Saudi relationship, Carl and I love it, because it's at a reasonable fucking hour. Exactly. (laughs) 5pm over here, we get to actually watch it and not be absolutely tired out of our minds so we can't wait um and yeah tune into our prediction episode to find out what we think is going to go down will will riddle ride a camel again who knows probably <laughs> now it's got he's gonna have to up the ante what, what can he ride this time two camels <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, that, that definitely uh well do you know what? maybe you'll get randy to actually ride one this time yeah maybe maybe that's the uh yeah, that's, that's, that's the kind of a, a selling point. But yeah, so this was another fun for a week. Um, and yeah, we will see you on the flippity flip. This is Griff Garrison, and you're listening to A to the K. 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 A to the K.